0: Welcome to the Locked On Jets podcast for Friday, October 29th, 2021. I'm your host, John B. from gangreennation.com. Thank you so much for making this show your first listen each day. Today, I'm joined by Oliver Connolly, and we will preview Sunday's game between the Jets and the Bengals ahead here on the Locked On Jets podcast on this Friday. You are Locked On
1: Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Today's episode of Locked On Jets is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. The Jets are playing the Cincinnati Bengals this weekend, and joining me to preview the game is Oliver Connolly. Oliver writes at The Guardian, and he also has his own Substack newsletter, The Read Optional. It's an excellent source of football analysis. Oliver, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. All right, well, Oliver, obviously for the Jets, Zach Wilson's not playing in this game, but you have a lot of good insight on quarterback play, and I was wondering what your thoughts are on developing a rookie quarterback. Are there any best practices or worst practices to avoid?
1: Yeah, it's a really tough one. I think, you know, if I had a perfect answer for that question, I would still be in the league and not start doing podcasts and writing newsletters. Um there's almost two schools of thought, right? You either kind of embrace what the guy did in college and in that kind of first eight, nine-week period, really lean into some of the college principles. You've seen Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence. They have really just brought all the stuff from Clemson, which is basic by college standards, and decided to run that in the NFL, which makes it, you know, uh, outrageously basic in a sense. And then you have New England with Mac Jones, who said, here's the 2011 playbook. You need to be Tom Brady. Um, And what they're hoping is there will be really bad teething pains over those first seven, eight, nine weeks. But by the back end of the first season and certainly leading into the second season, he has such a jump start on the rest of the guys. Um, So I guess it comes down to philosophically what you think as a staff you could do, where you are as a staff. You know, Josh McDaniels has a lot more clout, a lot more long term security than anyone else on any of the staff, essentially. Um, and then, of course, it comes down to the surrounding talent. <laughs> the, the main thing when you have a quarterback is don't believe the quarterback does the rebuild all by himself. You know, I don't have to tell anyone on this podcast or who listens to this podcast what happens when you think draft the quarterback in the top five and that'll fix everything and everything will flow from there. The infrastructure has to be so right. The line has to be good. You have to have a good enough defense where they can win you some games on their own whilst the guy learns. And you certainly have to have playmakers on the perimeter that can either bail out bad plays or make iffy designs look like good designs because the guy's open. So all that goes into it, and it's certainly not a one-size-fits-all approach. And in fairness to the Jets, they kind of went with that middle strand, right, where it's like, well, we want to run all these principles that everyone else in the league is running. We want to run the Shanahan offense, essentially or the McVeigh offense, however you want to describe it. But we'll give Zach maybe, I don't know, 15 plays a game that are all his, that he brought with him from BYU. And we hope that that blend will kind of work together and we can fuse both ideas. And that should help his trajectory and his development long-term. And it's so far been a whiff.
0: I'm interested in your thoughts on Zach's performance so far and where that fits within the landscape of all the rookie quarterbacks this season in the NFL.
1: Yeah. I, he has shown far less than I thought he would show at this point. Um, I, I mean, I thought we would get some of these, what you would call disaster or catastrophe plays, uh, you know, turnovers should be turnovers. I thought they would come, but I did think that would be balanced out by more wow throws, more wow plays than we've seen. Um, how much of that is scheme? How much is that a lack of his own development? He just seems personally, and, and I will say here, Jets fans have probably seen more than him than me. I'm sure they've seen every snap. I've studied three games of his. I'm going off three games, and two of them were against New England. Um, He certainly seems confused in a way that I did not expect. Now, I know he was seeing vanilla coverages in college, and everyone says he was throwing from wide open pockets. That is true. And I take that point from people, but the reason he went way in the draft is because he was still decisive, at least, when he hit the top of that drop. He had a rope, he was wide open that is so much easier to throw from, that's obvious, but he was still decisive at getting the ball out. And that is what has really vanished. What are we now? Six, seven weeks into the season. Um, he didn't play much of that New England game. So uh, that to me is is really surprising. Even Trevor Lawrence, who was pretty brutal through the first three weeks of the season, and now it's all it's all starting to click for him. He was brutal while being decisive. He made bad plays, but the ball was out fast. He knew it had to because his team wasn't very good around him, and so that ball was out and he was making bad choices. With Wilson, a thing that concerns me is you're getting bad choices really late in the play, um, and that just cannot happen, and that should not happen for someone drafted that high.
0: Now, the Jets are playing their backup quarterback, Mike White, this weekend. Joe Flacco was acquired in a trade, but he will not be with the team in time to be ready for this game. And according to Robert Sala earlier in the week, it sounds like Flacco is unlikely to be active for this game. So do you have thoughts on what a team can do to help out a young quarterback making his first start, especially when he's a backup quarterback like Mike White is?
1: another tough one i mean i actually quite like mike White. going all the way back to that draft i thought he was okay i thought he'd be a long-term journeyman uh i think what you have to do and this is almost impossible to game plan for one of the funny things i think you hear from people is people say oh well why don't you shorten the game run the ball drain the play clock you know try and make it maybe a five possession game i mean if that was a doable thing everyone with an average to bad quarterback would try and drain the game what what happens when you try and do that is you inevitably go three and out twice, right? You have to kick the ball and so that the game's away from you. Um, so any notion that you can shorten the game, I think, doesn't make much sense. What you do have to do, I think, as tough as it is, is bake in your head the idea that you're going to get at least two turnovers against. And if you turn the ball over twice, you're in real trouble. But if you go in with the mentality that we're going to do that um, because our guys isn't good enough, then anything that's not above that you know if it only turns ball over once that's great if it's twice you plan for that so what you have to do is be really really aggressive on defense really aggressive and you have to try and force turnovers yourself and i would always go in if i had a backup quarterback playing my mindset would always be either we get blown out 41 to 7 or we generate two turnovers we have to steal possessions we have to do what the lions did at the weekend with just a bad quarterback and Bring all our fakes to the game. Who's got fakes? Get to me with your creative exotic blitz looks. Get to me with all your special teams creativity. And we have to steal two, probably three possessions to cover up for the fact we know we're going to struggle to move the ball offensively.
0: This Jets game will be brought to you by Mike White. And this episode of Locked On Jets is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food, though. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect a place where classmates can meet for a study group knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of french fries and McFlurries. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come to recharge. It's the place you always look forward to stopping at on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. And who knows? Maybe the Jets will win on Sunday and Robert Sala will take Mike White and the rest of the team out to McDonald's to celebrate. So head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. Did somebody say Locked On Jets Watch Party? I'm loving it. Now, Oliver, let's talk about this defense that the Jets will be facing. You wrote an excellent article on your newsletter, The Read Optional, about the Bengals' defense. In fact, it's one of the big reasons I invited you on for this preview show. Can you talk a little bit about what's going right for the Bengals on that side of the ball?
1: Yeah, for the most part, they are as generic as it comes. They're They're kind of following the trend line of most of the league, which helps... The defensive coordinator, because he's kind of been that way his entire career. And it's just kind of the evolution of the league has caught up to where he wants to be, which is two deep safeties, really basic, bland coverages on the back end, cover four, six, two, all the, the basics that everyone's running right now and play off the ball. And it is almost that vintage bend, don't break style. um A, a bit more, I would say that that is Ben don't break used to be about stopping touchdowns, forcing people to drive the ball. Now it's more about, can we force the team to run the ball so we can then hold the ball for three yards to play and we'll really fast flow to the ball downhill. That's where Von Bell comes in for them, who has been just a superstar this season and is kind of the linchpin of everything they do. Um, So they kind of try to bait you into running the ball, hoping they can get you into third and medium. And that's when they kind of get a little bit more creative. So, even though the rest of the league is saying, well, let's get more creative on first down, we'll play Ben don't break on the second two downs, the Bengals are really traditional in that sense. Um, and they've been unbelievable with their two inside guys. Joby, and Rida are playing out of their minds, and that makes things really easy for the guys on the outside. The other thing I would note quickly is they have a sinkhole at one cornerback spot. Eli Apple has been all over the place. They cannot do anything in terms of creative stuff on the back end. They don't really trap much. They don't rotate a lot. They rotated a ton against Baltimore, which is what I wrote in that piece. And it was completely against type. And it was almost game plan specific because of the way the Ravens designed their offensive setup, which is heavy RPO based. They're doing a box count stuff. And they were trying to cheat one guy in the box, one guy out the box, which really muddies reads for quarterbacks on any kind of pre or post snap option design. But for the most part, they'll just stay back there keep those two safety hats high, maybe roll Bell down pre-snap as a linebacker if they're going to try and and be a little bit exotic. But then they have Eli Apple out there who is really struggling, so they're not able to do any of the stuff you would want to do off those base looks, which would be zone match, which would be trapping, which would be doing some kind of pattern reading uh, thing to be able to lock down on third, on third down. So they're really basic. They're just also really fast. And they've basically said the same thing with their offense, which we may come on to, I'm not sure, where it's, we are not a talent team. We are playing better than our talent base. So what we'll do is we'll play a really bland, vanilla, basic structure, and we'll hope that our three guys who are really good, one of the inside guys, one of the outside guys, and Von Bell will just make plays for us within that generic structure. And if everything else doesn't collapse around them, we should be okay um so they're definitely get afterable from a scheme perspective it's just whether you have the players to go make plays
0: and when i hear you telling me they're going to keep their two safeties deep and i'm trying not to be negative i hate to say this but i almost hear the jets being baited into trying to run the ball the way you described it being a bad idea but the jets on offense with their backup quarterback i just see this they're going to keep trying to run the ball they're going to they're going to do what you say they should not do they're going to try and shorten <laughs> the game and it just it's. i just i hear it and that's what i fear the jets are going to do in this game
1: well that's a very coach speaky thing to say right they always say that we're going to shorten the game it's tough man i mean you're playing these teams the Chargers the same way now the charges run defense is horrific the rams do the same thing the the um The Broncos do the same thing. They want you to run into their front. They're saying, hey, look, we got four down. It's a five-man box. It's two safeties deep. Come and have it. But then they've got this guy, Cincinnati, Von Bell, who is so magical at being able to sift through all the rubble in the middle of the field. He is probably the best backside protector um, which is a funny expression, very football-speaky. But he is the best guy at cutting off that backside that I have evaluated this season, which basically opens up everything for you because now you can fast-flow wherever the ball is because everyone knows, well, if we can get quick penetration, it's a wrap. If we don't get quick penetration and we just keep fighting, Vaughn is there to clean everything up anyway. So, yeah, we may give up one 12 yard or a game, but we can really fast-fit this thing and keep giving up two, three yards of play on the ground even though we're in a too high safety shell because the guy in the back is the best in the business at this. So it's really tough. Yeah, that's what they want you to do. The way to get out of it is to challenge them as the Packers did and get spread and send five guys out in the pattern and go empty and say we're attacking the post. Now Von Bell has been an excellent post defender of the season, but only really when they get into three safety sets. And they do not do that a great ton unless it's a game plan specific thing. And I cannot imagine they're planning for it against Mike White. So If I'm the Jets, your option is run into what they want to do and hope that your line is really good and you just destroy them off the ball and hope for the best. That is one way that could happen. There's talent up front. The other option is to say, we go five wide, we're attacking the seams, and we're putting the ball in Mike White's hands in empty. And I'm not sure if either one of them sounds like a good option.
0: Yeah. Ultimately, though, I've kind of changed my mind on this because I used to be like a very coach-speaky kind of guy, and I used Mm -hmm. to say, oh, you have to run the ball to shorten the games. And to me now, like when I think this through, it's like if you have a dominant offensive line, then maybe you do that and you have a dominant run game. OK, but otherwise it makes it tougher because it's really hard to put together 10 play touchdown drives and you're doing it. You're trying to do it with guys who aren't that talented. You know, you're doing trying to do it with your backups. I mean, I think feel like it's a kind of counterintuitive but to score you have to take chances when you have backups you have to try and generate big plays because they're not good enough to ex- execute on 10 plays in a row
1: exactly yeah I agree with you I mean that, that's uh as I said that's what I do I'd say look what is the best way to attack this irrespective of who's playing for the quarterback which I know is tough to do and probably you shouldn't do I guess but it's what I'd do how would we attack it's okay we would copy the Packers plan right we may not have Aaron our, our Rodgers we may not have Devontae Adams who they they used in a different way than they would normally use Adams in that game. Well, okay, we don't have them. But if we layer the plays, it should work. So maybe, yeah, you open up and you try to run the ball, I guess. I mean, I'm not sure I would even try and do that. I'd I'd probably, like you said, i go the other way, try and get a couple of explosives early on. And then if you want to settle into a run game, you can try and do that later on as they they try to close the post. But I'll be saying everything we do, if they're going to play with those two guys deep, we have to rip it through the middle, right? That's the way you attack that or you rip it on the outside. Our quarterback is not good enough to make that whole shot, but he can probably make it over the middle of the field if we give him options there. So that's what I would do. I would attack that early on, hope to get an explosive play. As I said, be incredibly aggressive on defense, be really aggressive on special teams. And as I mentioned, you've got to try and get, I would say, as the Jets, four explosive plays, either big touchdown breaking runs, um, as in after the catch from a throw, or some kind of cheating at possession from special teams or turnovers on defense. That, that I think, is the, the only chance to do it with a backup guy. Now let's
0: talk about the other side of the ball. And You mentioned earlier that, and I agree with you, the Jets are going to have to try and force turnovers. Unfortunately, this has not been a defense that's turned the other team over. In fact, they only have four on the season, sec- second lowest in the league. Only Jacksonville has less. and The Jets are, amazingly, the only team in the NFL without an interception. <laughs> They're probably going to have to t- be more aggressive than they've been because it's been kind of a bend but don't break style this year for the most part but you know they don't have great corners and they're going up against jamar chase and that would leave them kind of exposed back there
1: yeah i mean that the only way you can really try and alter that is you double the guy um you could do some kind of what they call a cone coverage which is a morphing double team so you almost option wherever he goes, we have got to double it this way. But then you've got th- three guys with eyes on one player and you don't have enough good players to, to to match up with that on the other side of the field. The other way is to trap it. So you would say, well, whenever they look to chase we're undercutting it with one guy, we'll roll over the top as well. That still seems tough, but that is a way to bait into at least maybe a turnover and you kind of get turnovers through, the, through design rather than individual skill. Um, but like if you... This is tough because Robert Salad just doesn't want a big pressure. He never has done in his career. I mean, I was watching the Jets this morning for a piece I'm doing on on option blitz designs, and I mean, he's one of the few guys who gets into that double A gap classic. That the Mike Zimmer, the Bill Belichick look, and they just don't send those guys. It's like almost just a bluff for bluff's sake. It's like why even bother lining them up down there if you're never going to send them. Um, so I, I think we're almost asking him then to be a coach for a game that he's not, which guys do that it can happen um but he hasn't done that throughout his career i mean i would love for him to say look we're gonna struggle with chase anyway what difference does it make if you try and double the guy let's send pressure i mean the bengals offensive line is not good burrow has been getting much much better as the season has gone along but the bengals don't run anything and i mean nothing they've run the same base concept over and over again it's the same as the defense essentially where it's a star's team, right? It's like our guys we think will make plays even if you know what's coming. And they put so much of the pressure in Burrow's hand to either move and escape, move and create by himself when time, but the guy is throwing with people all around him. And early in the season, he was struggling because of the knee injury, because of the lack of mobility, and he wasn't moving very well. And it was a bit iffy as to whether we would see the Joe Burrow of old. The last couple of weeks, he's been moving tremendously well. I mean, against the the Ravens, he was unbelievable at at moving and creating within the pocket rather than breaking out of it. But that still means guys are in on him, right? So if you can just get guys in there, the offensive line is not very good. You can get to Joe Burrow and then it's how he reacts. Um, So I would just, I would gamble. I mean, you're going to lose anyway. They're a better team than you. You have a backup quarterback. You may as well gamble. You may as well take chances in offense. You may as well break with character and send pressure on defense.
0: And almost say, you know what, they're going to make their big plays, but we need to gamble so we can make our big plays to try and win the game.
1: Yeah, if we can balance the explosives, right? Let's say, you know, hey, let's give Jamar Chase another two touchdowns on big go-rout's happy days. He does it against Detroit. He does it last week. He's going to get his. Well, let's go get ours. Let's go send some pressure. And if we can just balance out those explosives with two turnovers, then that's nil. And then it just comes down to our offense, and that's that's a tough equation. You know, we're playing with a backup, but it gives us a chance.
0: Now, if you're focused on one one player other than Chase on this Bengals offense, who would it be if you were the Jets defense?
1: That's a tough one. What's interesting about them is how perfectly well they all slot in to each spot. So you get Higgins, you get Chase as the classic X, right? He runs, goes, he runs on the outside, he demands double teams. They'll move him inside to the slot, but very infrequently. Then you get Higgins, the perfect Z, will move him all over the place. Then we get Boyd, the slot receiver, who plays 90% of his snaps in the slot. And that's how they go. It's one, two, three. So they are at least predictable you know where these guys are lining up you know based on the pre-snap formation what kind of routes they're running that's helpful particularly with someone like robert salah who knows all this stuff um i do think uzama the tight end is playing better than he's been given credit for he is a real receiving threat so trying to find a way to wall off what they do with him as a second slot receiver essentially with boyd figuring out how that tandem overlaps is where they get you in a bind. And once you start saying, okay, we need to double Uzma in the slot, we need someone on Boyd, all of a sudden that's when Chase is one-on-one and he's free. So it's kind of how do you reverse engineer your defensive game plan? The, The immediate thought would be we stop Chase, we roll everywhere else, right? Well, the way they're set up with everyone being so perfectly in a slot, you kind of have to figure out what you're doing to close the middle of the field with Uzma and Boyd first and then spurt it out to the outside to f- figure out, can we get a free man to help us with Chase?
0: Hopefully the Jets listen to Oliver's advice on Sunday and make it a game. And while you're watching the Jets against the Bengals, you may be looking for a snack, you should try Built Bar. Built Bar has nine delicious flavors. And if you haven't tried all of them, you can get a mixed box where you get two each of the nine flavors. But not only are these flavors the best tasting, they're healthy too. So go to Bilt.com and use promo code LOCKED15. If you do that, you'll get 15% off your order. Again, it's promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D, number one, number five, one word with no space, for 15% off at Built, B-U-I-L-T, dot com. Well, Oliver, typically I end these preview shows by asking for a prediction. I guess this one's kind of easy. I mean, do the Jets have any chance of this game?
1: <laughs> uh, always a chance, man. You know, the, the Lions ran the Rams close, right? On Sunday, they're ahead going to the second half or whatever it was. So always a chance, but it's about as tough a, tough a match as you can get when you don't even have your quarterback to help you out.
0: Absolutely. And I just am so bothered by the way the Jets played coming out of their body. Not so much that they got blown out, although that's part of it. It's that. It looked like that coming out of their bye week, and I think it's tough to pick them until you actually see them look better.
1: Can I ask you one thing on that? Why do they have no pop up front? What is going on defensive line? I, I just, I, I watch them. They get bludgeoned off the ball up front.
0: I have no idea. <laughs> I, I've watched them and wondered the same thing. I watched them on Sunday. I watched the film. I'm asking the same thing myself.
1: They have no oomph. It's really, really bizarre. Quinn and Williams should be a great, great play. Quinn and Williams was amazing last season. This is really strange. You know, Robert Sellers' whole thing is we'll collapse it from inside out, and we'll rally to the ball, happy days. Well, none of that works if the first part isn't isn't falling off the table. So it's man, that, that was that was a tough one out of a bye week. You just want to see some kind of pop, some kind of nastiness at least up front. That's the easiest place to kind of uh, perfect these things in season. So yeah, that that's a good point coming out of the bye week that kind of intensity and the lack of intensity was really striking
0: all right well you could check out oliver's work at the guardian and his newsletter the read optional on substack oliver thank you so much for all of your insight today thanks for having me that's our show for today thank you for listening this has been the locked on jets podcast part of the locked on podcast network as always if you enjoy the show give it a five-star review and please subscribe Have a great weekend, enjoy the game, and we'll talk about it on Monday.